And today I want to talk to you about divine appointments. The Christmas story is really about two divine appointments involving Jesus. One that he made and kept, and the other that he has made and will keep. Let me read to you from the writings of the Apostle Paul to the church in Galatia. Paul says, But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. You see, Jesus didn't just arrive on the earth at a random time. He didn't arrive when he finally got around to it. It was the right time. It was the exact time. It was the perfect time. Prophetically, when we turn to the book of Daniel in the Old Testament, we see an appearance by Gabriel, the same angel who appeared to Mary to tell her the earth-shattering news that she was pregnant with the Son of God. That same Gabriel appeared hundreds of years earlier to the prophet Daniel. He was a Jew who was in captivity in Babylon because the Babylonians had rolled through Israel, captured Israel, conquered the whole country, and destroyed Jerusalem down to ruins. And here was Daniel, a captive, working in the king's court in Babylon. Gabriel appears to him and shares with him the most incredible specific prophecy in the Bible. I will focus on one part of it. Gabriel says this to Daniel. He says, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. And the word being used for week there is the word heptad. You see, in our culture, a denomination of time would be a decade, 10 years. Seven had more significance in the Jewish culture, so they didn't have decades. They had heptads. They measured time in units of seven years. So the word for week there is heptad. So Daniel is being told by Gabriel, at some point in the future, someone is going to give the command to rebuild the city of Jerusalem. And from that day, from the day the command is given, you can count out 69 heptads, seven and 62 weeks, and you will arrive at the date when Messiah the Prince will arrive. Would you agree that's a very specific prophecy? It's an incredibly specific prophecy. It's a fantastic, almost unbelievable prophecy to put yourself out there that specifically. So what happens? I know you want to know. Well, history tells us, not Christian history, secular history tells us that on March the 14th, 445 BC, Artaxerxes Longjamanus, the king of Babylon, gave the command to rebuild the city of Jerusalem. So now we need to do some math, some Christmas math, some Christmas, if you will. I just noticed this morning, you know, the more I become a dad, the older I get, the funnier puns become. It's horrible. It's just an irreversible trend. You're powerless to fight it. If you think you're young and cool now, it'll happen to you too. Okay, so 69 seven-year heptads comes out to 483 years. The Jewish calendar year is made up of 360 days, not 365 days. So 483 360-day years comes out to 173,880 days. That's a very specific prophecy. Would you agree across an incredible amount of time? Would you agree it would be pretty hard to fake that? 
So from the day the command is given to rebuild Jerusalem on March the 14th, 445 BC, we count ahead 483 years, 173,880 days, and we arrive at April the 6th, 32 AD, a specific day. So what? Well, that is the day to the day the fullness of time, the right time, the exact time that Jesus rides into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey to present himself as the Messiah. It's the day we call Palm Sunday. The prophetic time, the exact time, the perfect time. As a side note, tuck this away. When you ever have doubts in your faith, these are the things you can say. These are concrete, specific backed up by the history of people who don't even believe in Jesus. Nobody disputes the command was given by Artaxerxes Longimanus. It's documented. It's the most incredible prophecy in all of scripture. Prophetically, the Jews had also been told all the way back thousands of years earlier in Genesis 49.10, this prophecy was given, the scepter shall not depart from Judah nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh comes. That prophecy was saying that Israel would rule themselves until Shiloh, the Messiah, had come. But guess what? Around 12 AD, the Romans took the scepter away from them. The Romans decided to start governing the Jews when they said, you can no longer execute capital punishment, which was the foundation of their self-governance. And on that day, they were confused, they were angry, they were furious, they were lost. The Jewish leaders threw dirt on themselves and into the air as a sign of dismay and protest because Messiah was nowhere to be seen. And yet the scepter had been taken from Israel. Little did they know that at that very time, that very year, Jesus was a 12-year-old in the temple in Jerusalem, confounding the religious scholars with his knowledge of the scriptures. He was there. It was the perfect time prophetically. Daniel 9 fulfilled. Genesis 49 fulfilled. Politically, it was the fullness of time, the right time. The Romans ruled the world. It was what's known as the Pax Romana, the Roman peace. They had beaten the world into submission and though it was a bloody force peace, it was a peace nonetheless. And because of the Pax Romana, the gospel was able to travel across the known world with a freedom and a speed that would have been impossible under any other world political climate. Practically, it was the fullness of time. Caesar Augustus had only recently introduced a controversial new technology called mail. For the first time in history, People could communicate across the world because it was all under the Pax Romana, the Roman Empire, over significant distances by sending letters. Practically, this allowed the word of God to travel technologically across the known world as it never could have before. The evidence of the importance of that is found in the fact that most of your New Testament is made up of letters that were sent through the Roman mail system. Because of the Pax Romana, roads connected most of the world's major cities for the first time in history. Linguistically, there was a standard language for the first time in history since the Tower of Babel. Greek was the standard language of the Roman Empire, allowing the gospel to travel to people groups across the empire. It was the right time politically, practically, prophetically. 
personally, the world was divided into two groups, Gentiles, non-Jews, and Jews. Gentiles were living in a Greek culture, caught up in perverted pursuits of pleasure, caught up in bloodshed and violence as entertainment and all kinds of weird stuff. Unrestrained behavior was the norm. The people were also notoriously miserable, notoriously unhappy. They weren't satisfied with their sin. They had been immersed in the pleasures of the world and left wanting, unsatisfied. That God-shaped hole in every person was open and vacant in the hearts of the Gentiles. The Jews had lost their ability to govern themselves and they were desperate. Gentiles were empty in the Roman Empire. It was the perfect time personally when God sent forth his son to the earth. Now God didn't just think this up at that time. He didn't go, whoa, things are finally coming together. Let's jump on this opportunity. No, God made an appointment for Jesus to come to the earth as a flesh and bone human being. So Jesus had a divine appointment here on the earth and the reason he made that appointment was you. The reason he made that appointment was you. You were the reason. I was the reason. Our sin had severed our relationship with God in a way we could never fix. It was broken and we were hopeless. We were helpless, destined to die in our sins, separated from God. So the Trinity, Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit made an appointment together for Jesus and to this day, it is the most unbelievable appointment ever made. Heaven's royalty, the King of Kings, made an appointment to come to the earth as a humble baby so that he could grow and become a man and be tortured and killed in your place and in my place. That's the appointment that was made for Jesus. The Bible says, so you must live in reverent fear of him during your time here as temporary residents. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was paid not with mere gold or silver which lose their value, it was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. But now in these last days, he has been revealed for your sake. This appointment was made before the world was even made. Before you were even made, God decided that you were worth the price of the life of Jesus. The Godhead, the Trinity, lacking nothing, needing nothing, created you to share in their glory. And when they came up with this divine appointment for Jesus, you were on his heart. You were on his mind. Have you ever wondered how that happened? How, how did they decide who would go? You see, they didn't draw lots and Jesus just got the short straw. The father sent his son. He sent his son. And if you're a parent, you know how painful it is to watch your child suffer. And you know that you would give anything to take the pain that they're feeling upon yourself if you could. The hardest thing is to watch your son or daughter suffer, especially suffer unfairly. The father gave his son. The father sent his son. And the Holy Spirit would come after the son and would live in you and me. I don't know how high your view is of yourself, but that's not an easy job to come and live inside you and I. A ministry of knocking on the hearts of men and women who will usually say no, 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 
But the Father would send the Son and the Son would come and then the Holy Spirit would take up residence in the hearts of those who received the Son. All three parts of the Trinity were and are involved in the process of salvation with equal energy, pain, and effort. God is all in to the mission of saving you. He's all in. He's all in. He's fully committed. God is all in as it's related to you being born again, being saved, delivered from the darkness you've been living in. He's all in to rescuing you from the lostness that has afflicted you. God loves you. He loves you. No asterisk to see details or conditions on the bottom. He loves you, period. And now he says to you, are you all in to following me? Are you all in? This life is your divine appointment. Before the world was made, God already knew you. He already knew everything about you and he gave you the gift of life so that you could have an opportunity to accept his invitation to come and be a part of his family, to be his son or his daughter. This is your time. This is your time. Not your time to sing some Christmas songs and pretend everything is right with the world because we know it's not. But this is the time that God has ordained for you. This is the fullness of time for you. This is the day of destiny for you when you are either living in that destiny or you are missing it. If you don't know Jesus today, then I know God is saying, now, this is the fullness of time. This is the moment to make your decision and say, Lord, I realize that I too have been trying to find fullness and hope and joy and peace in places where I'll never find it. And it's not working. I'm lost. I need you to lead me. I know God's saying that to you right now because Jesus has another divine appointment on his calendar made by the Father. It's the day when Jesus will return a second time. And on that day, you and I will either be filled with joy as we continue into eternity, ruling and reigning with Jesus, or we will be separated from him forever. In the fullness of time, the Son of God who came to die for you and took your sins upon himself, who is all in, and gave everything that you might be saved, forgiven, and born again. That same son is coming back, not as the suffering savior, but as the king of kings. He's coming back to take all those who have opened their hearts to him into eternity in his presence in heaven. Jesus is coming back. The date is on the calendar somewhere. He shall return. He's on the way. And it will happen on a specific day that's already preordained. Just as surely as he rode into Jerusalem on a specific day that was preordained. In the fullness of time he came. And in the fullness of time he will come back again. And that excites me more than anything. I think about that every single day. Are you ready? Are you ready? Do you know him? Have you given your life to him? Maybe you're not all in, even though he's all in when it comes to saving you. Maybe you've been holding back, going to church perhaps, doing your best to be a good person, maybe, but that's not gonna cut it. That's not what saves you. You have to come to the place where you realize, I need to be born again. I'm a sinner who needs Jesus. I've missed the mark, I've gone astray. There's an emptiness in my heart and I would be afraid if today was the appointed day when Jesus came back. It's either gonna be the most joyful day of your life or the worst day of your life. 
I think about it every day because I know what it's going to be for me. It's going to be the best day of my life. Not because I'm a good person. Not because I go to church. But because Jesus has saved me. He went all in. I'm all in to following him. And you want to be there when Jesus comes back that second time. You want that to be the greatest day of your life. If you're tired of living empty, if you're tired of, of feeling like you just can't find joy, you just can't find peace, you just can't find meaning. Peter, on the first day the church was created, stood up in front of a crowd of thousands, and he told them what to do if they were in that place. He said, repent. It just means change. Change direction. You're going this way. Stop and go this way. Stop and go in the direction of Jesus. Jesus came to the earth. Christmas is all about Jesus coming to the earth so that that second appointment would be the greatest day of your life and the greatest day of my life. So death would have no sting. There would be no fear of death. So the question is, are you all in? If you're not, this is your appointed time. It's the fullness of time for you. It's the exact time. It's the perfect time. It's the perfect time. Because when it was the fullness of time for Jesus to come, he came for you. If not now, then when? If not now, then when? Today's your time. I believe that. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much that you sent your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you so much that you came. And you came so that the things we fear the most in life would be stripped of all their power and made powerless. That even death, the greatest fear of humanity, would become the hour of greatest triumph for those who would follow you and believe in you. We thank you, God, that we cannot fear death knowing that you have conquered it. But Lord, we look forward to eternity in your presence. We look forward to your coming, God. Thank you for making that the greatest day of our lives. If you're here today and you have not made the decision to be all in with Jesus, I want to invite you to do that today. This is the perfect time. It's the fullness of time for you. Nothing that happens this Christmas could ever matter more than your life changing forever as Jesus sends the Holy Spirit into your life. Let me pray for the rest of us. Father, thank you that we are blessed this Christmas. No matter what is going on in our relationships, in our families, in our finances, in our work, in our health, we are blessed, God, because of the gift you've given us in your son, Jesus. Thank you that when you made that appointment together, he kept it. He came. He didn't walk away, but he was obedient all the way to his death on the cross. And thank you, Lord, we know that because he kept that commitment, he will keep his commitment to ensure that we are with him forever. Thank you for a hope that never fails, Lord. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for taking this time to listen and be in the Word of God with us. If you've never given your life to Jesus, then you need to go to our website, mynewhope.ca, right now. When you get there, you'll see a graphic on our homepage that says the gospel. Click on that and you'll be able to watch a short video where we share the best news you'll ever hear in your life. It's more important than whatever else you're doing right now. So stop whatever else you're doing, go to mynewhope.ca and click on the gospel. 
If God has blessed you through this message, we'd love to hear about it. Shoot us an email at info at mynewhope.ca and let us know how God has impacted your life through his word. If you're in the greater Vancouver area, I want to invite you personally to come and be a part of New Hope Church. We believe God is doing something real special as we grow together in our faith and love for Jesus, and we would love you to be a part of it. And finally, if you'd like to support the Bible teaching ministry of New Hope through financial giving, you can also do that through our website. Just go to mynewhope.ca slash give. Thanks again for listening. Thanks for being in the Word of God with us. And always remember, God is with you.